DPP presidential candidate Lai Qingde spent all of Thursday in Xinzhu and Miaoli, two traditional KMT strongholds. He attended a religious event in Xinzhu, putting his Hakka language skills to the test while canvassing for votes. In the afternoon, he made four stops in Miaoli alongside the DPP's legislative candidates. During his whirlwind tour, Lai weighed in on recent headlines made by his election rival Ke Wenzhe. He might not be fluent in Hakka, but his sincerity gets across. Here at Shinju's Yiming Temple, Lai reached out to the Hakka community. Besides canvassing for votes, he also stumped for his party's legislative candidates. After Shinju, he continued his campaign tour in Miaoli, completing four back-to-back events. Lai spent the entire day in Shinju and Miaoli, traditional strongholds of the KMT. He showcased goodwill as he tried to consolidate the Hakka vote. With the KMT and TPP alliance in limbo, Lai had some biting criticism for TPP presidential candidate Ke Wenzhe. I repeat, the KMT-TPP alliance can be summed up in one word, hollow. What's worse, Ke Wenzhe had previously said that he was opposed to smoke-filled rooms. His words are still ringing in my ears. Yet here he is, taking part in secret meetings. I don't think that's necessary. Lai took issue with Ke's backroom dealings with the KMT. He also addressed Ke's remarks about the DPP's nuclear-free homeland policy. Ke said that the government's solar power feed-in tariff of 9 NT per kilowatt hour was too high. Lai said Ke's criticism was misguided. Ke Wenzhe shouldn't just blurt out whatever comes to mind. He shouldn't jump the gun like this. The feed-in tariff of 9 NT per kilowatt hour dates back to the Ma administration. When U Deng Yi was premier, he established a mechanism that would gradually reduce feed-in tariffs. Now Ke Wenzhe is using this old data to attack the current administration. He's got the wrong end of the stick. Pushing back at Ke, Lai said his rival was protesting an old policy. According to the Energy Administration, in 2023, feed-in tariffs for solar power range between 3.86 NT and 5.89 NT per kilowatt hour, depending on the type of solar power panel, installed capacity, and the time of year. As election day draws near, clashes between the presidential candidates are only heating up. The deadline has closed for nominations by petition in the presidential election. Prospective candidates must have submitted over 289,000 signatures by Thursday. The Central Election Commission will count the signatures and announce the results before November 14th. There are 10 sets of candidates seeking nomination. Honghai founder Terry Guo and running mate Tammy Lai are believed to be the most likely to make the ballot. On Thursday, the pair submitted just over 1.03 million signatures. Guo's campaign office issued a statement thanking the public for its support. It said that every signature was an affirmation of Guo's campaign and a source of motivation. Taiwan has welcomed its 5 millionth visitor this year. 
A woman from Thailand flew in on Thursday to visit Taiwan for the third time. She was greeted with gifts from Tourism Administration Chief Zhou Yonghui. Thank you for the warm welcome. This is my first time in Taiwan and I love your country. Thank you very much. 今天充满着喜悦，然后我们也大力倡导台湾有很多好玩的哎地方。This is a joyful day, and we strongly promoted Taiwan, all the fun places we have. We also presented gifts like passes for getting to Ali Shan and Sun Moon Lake for the HSR for the TRA, plus a three-day pass for the Taoyuan Metro and Taipei Metro. Taiwan aims to welcome six million visitors by the end of the year. To drive tourism, it's holding an event called Taiwan the Lucky Land, a raffle draw for foreign independent travelers. Visitors can win 5,000 NT worth of hotel vouchers or electronic pass credit. On Thursday, the government announced that it's added 300 million NT to support the incentive program. The annual Taiwan Science Festival is about to kick off. The event will run from November 4 to 12, featuring science activities at five major science museums in Taiwan. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang gets us a sneak peek. Magician performs at a press conference announcing the 2023 Taiwan Science Festival. During the festival, there will be a series of science exhibitions, experiments, workshops, and interactive performances at five science museums across Taiwan. They are the National Museum of Natural Science, the National Museum of Marine Science and Technology, the National Science and Technology Museum, the National Science and Marine Biology and Aquarium, and the National Taiwan Science Education Center. The Taiwan Science Festival will be held at five major science museums across Taiwan. One of them is the National Taiwan Science Education Center. On the first Saturday and Sunday, we will hold many basic science-related courses and related activities in the museum. On the second Saturday and Sunday, we will hold a science market with 160 stalls in the park. There are many foundations and universities that will demonstrate fun new scientific principles. We will display the bones of the first blue whale discovered in Taiwan. We will also showcase our efforts in environmental species conservation, marine research, and marine conservation. We are taking everyone to rescue corals this year. We will also explore geology and landforms, including sedimentary rocks. The museum will showcase dinosaurs. In addition, everyone can come to the museum to see a glove puppet show. We will use the glove puppet show to introduce the museum's research and collection. The Taiwan Science Festival is jointly organized by the Ministry of Education and the National Science and Technology Council. Since 2020, the Taiwan Science Festival has attracted over 1.5 million visitors. Over the past four years, we have created a festival that's suitable for everyone, easy to access, and a lot of fun. It brings kids closer to science. It's an outstanding program. This year, the theme of the Taiwan Science Festival is Basic Sciences Create the Future. The event will run till November 12th. FTV reporters Stephanie Yang and Zhen Chenluo in Taipei. Mycoplasma infections are on the rise. The disease commonly causes a condition known as walking pneumonia, which has already sent several children to the hospital. 
The symptoms of infection include a fever and a persistent cough. Experts warn that up to 70% of mycoplasma bacteria are resistant to antibiotics, making treatment more difficult. This seven-year-old girl woke up with a fever and a cough and had to stay home from school. Her dad took time off work to take her to the doctor. She started running a fever. A family member previously tested positive for influenza A, so perhaps this is influenza A. She did have a mycoplasma infection before, when she was little. She had a fever that wouldn't subside and a persistent cough for a long period of time. I've had a headache since yesterday, so I came to see a doctor today. A rapid test in the morning came back positive. I went to a classmate's house without a face mask, and now I'm sick. There are two or three students in my class who've caught influenza A. Some have colds and others have the flu. But one thing that doctors have noticed is an increase in cases of mycoplasma infections, which commonly causes walking pneumonia. The disease has already sent several children to the hospital, with the main symptom being an incessant cough. Mycoplasmas are resistant to antibiotics, making treatment difficult. Patients feel like they want to cough but can't get it out. They have to exert a lot of force and cough from very deep in. Some children can get severe infections that make their lungs show up all white on x-rays. They get symptoms of atypical pneumonia. School-aged children, immunocompromised people and older adults are high-risk groups for the disease, which should not be underestimated. And with temperatures dropping, doctors are also seeing an increase in COVID-19 patients. Over the past few years, everyone was masked up due to the pandemic, so we haven't seen big outbreaks of some disease for a while. China is seeing a surge in infections, and nearby countries like Taiwan won't be able to avoid it. Doctors say that thorough handwashing, using alcohol spray and wearing face masks can help prevent diseases, not just COVID, but also mycoplasma and the seasonal flu. They urge the public to keep up healthy habits in the winter season. Tainan is a paradise for foodies and the top city in Taiwan for packing on the pounds. According to the Sports Administration, Tainan was the most overweight special municipality in 2022. More than 43 percent of the city's population was overweight, with a body mass index of 25 or higher. Responding to the top-ranking Tainan Mayor Huang Weizhe rallied the city to slim down together. Steaming hot rice is covered in a thick layer of braised meat. Inside the pot, meatballs are cooked in a rolling boil. Of course, it all goes on the table with a side dish or two. Tainan's hearty breakfasts are famous island-wide. I think there are tons of great food and snacks at cheap prices for everyone to enjoy. A savory rice pudding is served up with a bowl of piping hot soup. As any Tainan native will tell you, the city's food tends to run sweet due to its history of sugarcane production. That makes it all the more delectable. We love sugar. This is where sugarcane grows, after all. It's been this way since very early on. There are a lot of deep-fried foods here and sugary drinks. There are lots of beverage shops here. With indulgent breakfasts, lunches, dinners, snacks and drinks, the calories pile up fast. There is tasty food and sweets. Sometimes I go out to buy something and don't feel like walking, so I take my scooter instead. 
Tempting food and too little exercise could be behind the latest overweight ranking. According to the Sports Administration, Tainan was the most overweight special municipality in 2022. More than 43% of the population was overweight, with a BMI of 25 or more. Tainan is followed by Taichung with 42.3%, Taoyuan with 41.7%, Kaohsiung with 40.3%, New Taipei with 38.9%, and Taipei with 35.6%. Tainan has topped the list four times in the last five years. Even Tainan Mayor Huang Weijie is battling the bulge. All these years since I became mayor, I've gained a lot of weight. So I, the mayor, will lead the city in losing weight together. Perhaps we can start with education at schools. Let's start in the schools, get students to lose weight, and then find ways to reduce the number of overweight people in society as a whole. The mayor stresses that food is not the villain. He says he'll ramp up efforts to instill good habits from childhood so that everyone can lead healthier lives. The government has set aside billions of dollars for a Kuro Shield plan to promote a so-called Taiwanese wave. That would see Taiwan's film and TV made inroads with audiences all over the world. A budget of 10 billion NT was granted to the plan in the latest revision to the development of the Cultural and Creative Industries Act. And private companies are joining the movement to take Taiwan's content global, with a new foundation founded by Zhonghua Telecom. It aims to attract creative talents from around the world to work in Taiwan's creative industry while gaining a larger share of the global cultural market for Taiwanese content. Taiwanese drama Oxcart Trails tells the story of ordinary people in a farming village in the Japanese colonial era. It was nominated for nine Golden Bell Awards and took home two trophies. Meanwhile, The Amazing Grace of Sigma received 10 nominations. The show about a cult was passed over, causing regret for Minister of Culture Shi Zhe, who attended the award ceremony. Everyone felt a bit regretful at the Golden Bell Awards this year because there were just too many good shows. That's a pity. What it means is Taiwan can definitely compete internationally. We need everyone to work together on our Kuroshio plan to really create a warm wave. The Ministry of Culture's Kurushio plan aims to give a helping hand to the Taiwanese wave. It's got support from the executive yuan with an approved budget of 10 billion NT over four years. Private business is in on the plan too, with the Taiwan Creative Content Agency and Chenghua Telecom planning a cultural content industries foundation. We're gathering talent from all over the world in Taiwan to fly the Taiwanese flag and create the brand of Taiwan. We don't want to let others profit off our wallets or our brains anymore. We can market Taiwan to the world and profit from the wallets and the brains of others. This is a defensive battle for our cultural territory, and it's about the need for Taiwanese culture to be on the attack and seize the space. That's a very important target. Chenghua Telecom has invested an initial 3 billion NT in the foundation in the hopes of attracting other financial backers to support Taiwan's film and TV. Who knows, after the Korean wave, maybe the Taiwanese wave is coming next. Today we take you to meet one of the most acclaimed abstract and minimalist artists in Taiwan. Master artist Chong Pu is now holding a sol solo exhibition called Off-Road Aura, showcasing his works throughout his 40-year career. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang has the story.
Minimalist art is a type of abstract art that is portrayed through hard edges and simple shapes. Artist Zhuang Pu is one of its most acclaimed practitioners in Taiwan. He is known for his square stamp painting, where he utilizes one centimeter by one centimeter chops instead of a paintbrush. You can see the first you can see my earliest conceptual works and juxtapose them with my later works, which are the product of many influences and much simplification. They are more minimalist. Minimalism as an art form requires strict adherence to its principles. They are not a narrative. Minimalist works can be seen as bland. They can be said to have a spiritual essence. After graduating from Fuxing Trade and Art School, Zhuang studied in Madrid and lived in Spain for eight years. He began experimenting with minimalist art in Spain. Because when I was in Spain, I was also greatly influenced by Spanish artists and their informalist tradition. I felt that the sea and the sky there were vast and very free. Zhuang's newest exhibition, Zhuang Pu Off-Road Aura, showcases the journey of his minimalist art with over 100 works on display in a variety of art mediums. The exhibition will be held till February 18th in the National Taiwan Museum of Fine Arts in Taichung. The three rooms on the top floor of the art museum feature my graphic paintings from the 1980s to the present. The installation works are showcased in three spaces. There are several three-dimensional works that are connected to the concepts of time and space. Besides creating, Zhuang is also a part-time professor at the National Taiwan University of Arts and Tainan National University of the Arts. He hopes to continue to create works and teach more people about the beauty of minimalist art. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Zen Sun Luo in Taipei.